Greetings and welcome to Jesse I Interviews. My name is Jesse I, and as always, I'm recording and producing this podcast on the lands of the Rwindjeri and Boon people of the Kulin Nation. Respect to the original custodians of these lands, and indeed all First Nations people around this land which is now known as Australia. It's been a while since the last episode. School holidays isn't really the most productive time for me, to say the least. And reggae music has lost some important musicians in the last couple months. One that passed was the drummer Michael Richards, better known as Mikey Boo Richards, who played on literally countless recordings, and toured and worked with bands including The In Crowd, The Now Generation, 809, The Wailers, and Jimmy Cliff's Oneness Band. I had the pleasure of interviewing Mikey Boo live on my radio program, Babylon Burning, which was known as Chantown Babylon at the time, back in September 2000. He was in Melbourne at the time as part of a tour with a group called Exodus, led by a singer named Bingi Selassie. I think he's an interesting artist himself, born in Fiji but based in Brisbane back in these days, and I interviewed him on the program as well, but I've decided to focus my time for this episode on Mikey Boo Richards in his memory. You do hear Bingy in the recording as well, and we do talk about the shows happening here in Melbourne at the time. So here we go again. Jesse I interviews Mikey Boo Richards live in the studios of PBS FM, St Kilda, Melbourne, Australia, back in September 2000. Not every man that said ya, I go be a messenger. Not every man that have dread, carry truth inside him. Hey, yeah. Ooh, a jaja calling. You tell me who? A jaja call. Nowadays, tell me who? A jaja calling. You tell me who? PBS FM The sounds of Exodus and the Wailers Nice tune, nice tune indeed And of course that's got Mikey Boo Richards playing the drums Owen Dreddy Reed, Family Man Barrett on bass And Bingy and Isa Selassie singing the vocals But I got a welcome to the studio right now Mikey Boo Richards, a legend in Jamaican music Thanks for joining us Mikey Yeah man, every time, thanks Yes I, well a lot of people I think I guess with reggae um, quite often it's the vocalists and so on that get a lot of the acclaim, but um, the, the players of the instruments are, are there in, in the background the whole time and you've played on so many fantastic classic albums. Um, I've got to say it's a real honour to, to speak to somebody with, with such musical background as yourself. So thanks for joining us. Um, how do you feel playing with, the, uh, with Exodus on this tour? feel good. I mean, you know, well, I, I wouldn't say surprisingly because, like them say, you must not, be surprised, you know, you must be ready at all times for everything that comes to your face, you know, good, bad, whatever, you know, just know and ready to deal with it. And 
Boy, being with Exodus, being, being have a vibe, say, well, for me, you know, I feel it and it's positive, you know what I mean? And like meeting him here the first time, it's like something I show myself, well, that spirit I show myself, but I just go with it, you know what I mean? Like you can't wrong, it won't be wrong, you know? Mm. And it leads me, I know I am here again. <laughs> and yes, this sir. time is with him. The first time it was with the whalers, and now mm-hmm. I am here again and with him. Right. So it's just this is the father, you know? Yeah. So is this the first time you've been to Australia? Well, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say yes. Okay. I've been here, ooh, ooh, maybe this is like the seventh time or oh, so. Oh, of course. Yeah, you've been out with the whalers many times. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. Of course. Well, it's great to have you here. I, I wouldn't mind just um, going back to some of the early days, though, and uh, talking about how you sort of got your start in the business. Of course, um, it was in... in where, did you grow up in Kingston? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how did you start... How did you learn to play drums and get your start in the business? Hmm. Well, well, I'd say self-taught. My, f- my father was a drummer. He wanted to teach me. Well, I never really wanted to learn. <laughs> I wanted to run around, you know, with kids, you know, sure. on the block. And then um, him still forced music into me, you know, right. forced me in that direction. And then I started playing keyboards, you know. But just, well, never really play keyboards professionally or anything. Just play outside, more like, just play like, you know, trying to get at a level. And then uh, it's what happens that, why well, with all of that, it ain't up that it's drums are hard to play, mm. you know. I am sorry that I wasn't taught by my dad, you know. Right. Because he was a very, very big drummer, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, he teach people like old-time drummers in Jamaica and that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Like, But anyhow, this is what it is, you know. I suppose this is what it had to be. Well, I know I know you've played on you've played on many many records over the years. Do you remember what the first one was or the first the first sessions that you did? Oh, wow, 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 wow! A oh, long time. <laughs> <laughs> Not an easy question, I know it. Yeah, long time. Ooh. Well, what I can remember is the f- one of the songs I did like at Downbeat Studio was uh, a John Old song. Uh, what was that name now? I've got the love, what? The love I can feel. The love I can feel. Yeah. Oh, classic. Jim. Can't remember that one. That was one of the first ones. back then uh, early 20s okay so you so you you, you started out at, at coxon studio well i wouldn't say started or one of the places right one of the places i did songs like um earlier yes like um 
What's the name of that song? Johnny, um, I can't remember the name of the group. But it was a big song, you know, because it was done. It was done over by a couple of people mm-hmm. internationally. Okay. Jan, not Johnny B. Good. Um, oh, well, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess Johnny Too Bad. Johnny Too Bad. Yeah, uh, Johnny Too Bad. Bingy coming in with the answers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wicked. Was that the Slickers version or Slickers? Oh, terrific. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was. I guess that was one of the uh, the big international hits. Yes. That was on the. Uh, on the Jimmy Cliff album that uh, introduced reggae to a lot of people, the harder yeah, they come. Yeah. Walking down the road with the pistol in your waist, young yet too bad. So I did a long time with Jimmy Cliff. Well, uh, well, <laughs> everybody actually. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, uh, we, could, we could sit here all day talking about the details of the studio recording. But I guess one of my favorite, one I'd like to ask you about is the Black Ark recordings. Because, of course, you were a member of the Upsetters band for a lot of those Black Ark, Black Ark sessions. What yeah. was it like recording at the Black Ark for Scratch? <laughs> well, well, it was fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Scratch can be a funny person, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, we have a lot of things inside him, and it's just a case of uh, trying to help him, helping him getting it out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And him know really what he want. It might sound crazy to people, you know, but at that time, yes. But after him bring it out, you know, you realize, that, well, this man could have been a genius, you know? Mm. Mm. Well, what was it like on a day-to-day basis? I mean, did you go to the to the studio every day for recording? Is that mostly every day, every night kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I heard I heard somebody said that the that there's so many so much music being recorded in Kingston that the studios are booked 24 hours a day. Yes, it's more like 25 hours a oh. day. <laughs> so, what what would what do you remember as some of the most memorable sessions that you re- you worked on? Oh boy, <laughs> I can't really remember. It's just sure. sessions after sessions, you know, and boy, I, I, you can't really block your brain with all of that. You sure. Know? Well, I'd like to ask, um, with a lot of the rhythms, of course, rhythms are done over and over in reggae. I'd just like to ask, when you were in the studio recording and talking, doing, building new rhythms, how did that sort of come about? Who, who provided the direction there on, on the rhythm building and stuff in the studio? Well, it's everyone, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone, you know. And when it comes, you know, you know, you feel it. Right. Yeah. Well, that would be uh, be a fantastic experience. Well, to what I can say is, um, no generation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a band that I was with from ever since. You know, started out with them, mm-hmm. like uh, as recordings and so. And we used to try all the time to create different rhythms all the time. That was a big thing with us, you mm. know. Always trying to put reggae in different directions, you know, but in roots farm and farm like, well then why if maybe two roots for some people we try to curve it a little bit maybe, you know, like international and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it always work, you know. With people like 
Earl Wyalindo, mm. people like Jeffrey Chong, Mikey Chong, Robbie Lynn, um, Val Douglas, fantastic bass player, mm. and yeah, of course myself. Yes, sir. Of course. All right. Well, on that note, we're just going to move into a track now. We're going to go into um, to a great track. One of the sessions you played on with the Abyssinians, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And this a uh, fantastic dub coming from a CD, Sada dub, a dub to the uh, the Sadamasagana stuff out on Taboo One, the French reggae label. And this is a, a fantastic dub of You Must Gone coming in on PBS. Stick around. We'll be back with more of Mikey Boo Richards and Bingy Selassie in the studio.
fire burning right here at 106.7 PBS FM. Jesse, I'm with you for Chant Down Babylon, joined in the studio by Bingy Selassie and Mikey Boo Richards. Thanks for uh, sticking around, guys. Mikey, what do you remember about those two session, two cuts there that uh, have your great drums on it? That was the Meditations on that one, Nyaman's Story. And before that, the Abyssinians, Yumaskan dub. Uh, what do you recall about those sessions? Yeah, well, okay, um, Abyssinians, you have people like the... Okay, Jeffrey Chong mm-hmm. and his brother, Mikey Chong. And... Uh, Val Douglas, Robbie Lynn, myself, and well, of course, the band, you know, um, No Generation, mm-hmm. and those were like real fun times. Right. You know, fun times. Always wanting to create real serious reggae. Yeah, that's a great period for reggae music. It must have been very spiritual working with the Abyssinians as well. Yeah, 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 that's mm-hmm. really true. As a matter of fact, I just just been back from Europe, you know, before I came here. Right, you've just been touring with the Abyssinians. Yeah. Right, so uh, so how are they sounding these days? Still pretty yeah, same way, on point? Fantastic, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think of, I, I love the Abyssinians, and many people do. I think of them as one of the most spiritual in, in reggae. Yes. What about yourself? I mean, obviously, you play drums on all these classic roots roots pieces and the best raster material ever recorded. Um, how do you, what is your spirituality like? Do you consider yourself Rasta? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going have cancer no. Yes, I. Yes, I. So, so when did you sort of first uh, discover your sp- spiritual path? Huh. Well, I guess it's since playing, you know. Mm-hmm. Things come and things happen and all of that sort of stuff. And you start to see a light and you start to see the light bright and bright and you realize that this is it. Mm. And, you know, like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> the whole world is Rasta, but the whole world don't know it. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, you can look at some little things, like, even look at, like, the colors of the stoplight. You know, it's a red, gold, and green. Mm. And, I mean, that control the whole world. Mm. So it's like everywhere you go and you have to stop. It's like, it assures you, say, Rasta. You know what I mean? But you, you look elsewhere, you don't really see that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Of course, Bingy, you, I mean, uh, when I spoke to you last time, I asked you this as well, but for the people that didn't hear, when did you first uh, know yourself Rasta? Well, like Mikey said, everybody Rasta from ever since, but no one really knew it. So all my life, me grew up in a traditional way, like, you know I mean, go to church, Christian, right? But even as a youth, me say to myself that it doesn't seem like this can be the real way that God wants us to live our life, right? I used to go to church and I used to see everyone living so spiritual. But then I used to go home and I see everyone change their life. It's like one life in a church, but a different life in every day. So how can we bring that like spiritual life from the church and live it every day with your job and your and your school and all them kind of thing? Mm. Never could find that connection, but I was very young, so I said to myself, no, man, I just love God. Go to my life. One day when I'm a man, and I'm more mature, then Jah will show I the right way. And when I start listening to Bob Marley, I tell to myself, this is what, you know, me waiting for, for sure. Because the man is singing from the Bible. The man is singing words which really show you how to live that godly life in an everyday way. Mm. In a way that was cool to me as a, as, a, as a teenager. You know what I mean? 
made me feel like, like what you feel, you mean, like cool. Mm. You know what I mean? Feel good about myself in following this way. Mm. It was not like, you know what I mean? Look upon as like an outsider or something because Rasta was like a cool thing, mm. but yet it was a godly thing, a sp- really spiritual thing which people don't really know about. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's not just like, you know, herb and all this kind of thing and this and that and your Rasta grow dreadlocks. It's Rasta. You know what I mean? There's more to it than that. So when I hear Bob saying this thing, that's when I really take upon my direction as knowing that I was a Rasta, a Rasta man, right? But I was a spiritual ever since I was born. But to take upon the Rasta way of life, come upon, you know, in my teenage years. All right. Well, of course, Jamaican music has changed a lot over the years. And, and Rastafari really left, left the music for a big period in the 80s. And um, personally, I, I never, never enjoyed that music. And it was only when the, the Rastafari influence started to come back in in the 90s with uh, people like Garnet Silk and Luciano, Tony Rebel. That's when I started to pick up on the music. What do you, what do you both think about the state of reggae music today? Well... Everything has changes, you know. Mm. <coughs> like the world, the, the sun shine every day, but it don't shine everywhere every day. Mm. You know what I mean? The rain falls same way, and <coughs> life just have to go on, you know. And like it might look like, well, <coughs> at a certain time, I just say, you know, well, then by Rasta influence wasn't ab- around or about, and then it start fears back in, them kind of thing. But the others say, you know, like, uh, the spirit of Jah does not dwell with man all the time. And this is like, for instance, if a child <clears throat> start growing, I mean, you watch the growth of the child, you help with the growth, you hold the hand, you know, trying to make it work and so, but you don't hold it forever. Mm. Sometimes you allow it, you know, for make it try walk on its own, mm. to see how it respond, you know, with... That sort of thing, and that's just it, you know. It's life and growth, and it's just you have to be on your own, and you have to learn at whatever time, you know, to deal with that. See, well, uh, of course, with the music, the music has changed, and um, the live band isn't anywhere near as common in Jamaican music these days. Mm. Is there much work for session musicians in Jamaica still, or has it been replaced more by the computers these days? Well, <clears throat> the computer thing is another thing again, you know. As I say, it's just life and phases, you know. Things phase in, things phase out, and what is supposed to be there will be there, and that's it. Right now, you, you, you have like why, well, I don't know. The man not Tony are the computer thing, you know. Like people kind of don't want to deal with it too much anymore, and the more the life thing, you know. Mm-hmm. The more where the music are breed, you know. Mm. But the computer thing it not breed, you know what I mean? And the life thing is coming in again. Cause I mean, I just say. Live, you know, <laughs> yeah, man, he's <laughs> living what he lived. That's what yeah. go on recently. I mean, since like you said, 80s, Bob Marley gone, pass on in the flesh. Um, music, reggae music kind of take on a new direction, like a lot more commercial, a lot more electronic. So, me think that you see, there's two things to it like Australia and South Pacific is one region, the rest of the world is another region, right? Because mm-hmm. reggae music is huge in mm-hmm. the rest of the world mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you look, mm-hmm. you, you check upon the internet in America. I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, yeah. it's just it's over here. It's like small, right? Mm-hmm. So two things for the rest of the world. Me think that still them calling for more roots. You know what I mean? Because roots is everyone kind of gone a bit more toward. It's easier with the computer. It's easier. You know what I mean? It's easier 
singing about less conscious things because you attract the multitude of the people, right? Mm. You know what I mean? Less of your people want you to sing ja and, and do this and do that, mm -hmm. right? So it's easy to fit into that category where you're accommodating for the majority of the people. So the people now looking for a change, looking for something that's more authentic, like fashion come back in from the 70s, fashion come back in from, again, no, you know, what we wear tomorrow going to be what was copied from you know, 30 years ago, right? Same with the music. So now me see there's a call for roots. Uh, I didn't really think so till the album kind of get the responses getting. I thought that people, you know, kind of want more a new, but they want the new, but they want the traditional way still, mm. right? And as for this part of the world, I think that, um, yeah, this part of the world really calling for just a strong force in reggae because there's not been really something strong over this part of the world, you know what I mean? Maybe even from ever since, ever since Bob Bob was it, you know what I mean? That's why I'm such a big name here is Bob Marley, such a big name. So with Exodus now, connection with 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 the Whalers members, um, it's great for this part of the world because I feel that reggae, there's going to be a real upsurgence in reggae music now. Mm -hmm. and when I look around, I see dub music is getting such a big, you know what I mean? Dub mm -hmm. music is really going mainstream, no, not mainstream, but it's getting into genres, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make me say, okay, reggae is right. You know what I mean? Dub opening the door for reggae. Now Bob Marley new album is now opening the door for acts like us mm -hmm. because now you're hearing songs like Kinky Reggae on the radio in you know Triple M and in Brisbane it's like the mainstream radio mm -hmm. station. You're never gonna hear people know Kinky Reggae now. You know yeah. we play a song Kinky Reggae, they know it, but before they never really know it because you got to really search through Bob album to find that song, mm -hmm. right? So now it's great for reggae music that this is happening now, and I feel that Ja choosing all the timing and everything's just perfectly for him works. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it certainly worked out great for Melbourne Reggae. We've got some uh, fantastic stuff in town. So, again, 293 Swan Street in Richmond, Club Central, uh, playing tonight. If you, what's in store for tonight for the people that uh, missed out last night? All right, no, man. Can't give no secrets, you know? <laughs> Jaja is saying, huh? So. It's just more music. Yeah, man, more music. More reggae music, roots music, you know? Uh, uh, if, I, if I got touched on the point about roots, I mean... Tree can't grow without roots, you know. So everything has to start from the roots. Yes, I. Yes, I. All right. Well, big respect. Can't give enough respect to Mikey Boo Richards, Bingy Selassie. Thank you very much for joining me in the studio here today on Chant Down Babylon. It's great to have uh, such legends in town and uh, on PBS FM. Yes, I give thanks. Nice to be here and Love. respect to the eyes. And the eyes works, you know what I mean? Doing a good thing for this part, you know what I mean? So yes, everybody sir. keep listening to the station, you know? And we see you all tonight at Club Central. Yes, I give yeah, thanks. Man. Highly blessed, highly blessed, you know, to this region of the world, to the world and our world, to the universe. Highly blessed, you know, Rastafari, always and forever. Jamaican drummer Mikey Boo Richards speaking to me way back in 2000 in the early days of my radio program Babylon Burning, named Chantdown Babylon at the time. Mikey passed away in Kingston on November 28 at the age of 74. Reportedly he'd suffered dementia for several years before his death. Obviously his memory wasn't too great even during this interview, but who could blame him really? Decades of all-night studio sessions and live shows around the world would surely take a toll on anyone. 
I consider myself lucky to have met and reasoned with him at all. That's it for another episode. As always, big up to my Patreon supporters, including the Don Armageddon Time, the real General Empress Irie, and the Idrons John from Champion Sound, Tom Tanuki, and Todd Solomon. If you want to support the podcast and become a patron, please check out my Patreon page, link in the show notes, or just give me a follow on social media. Facebook or Instagram are about the only places I really post anything, though. Thanks for listening. Eyes is every time.